Welcome to Socialette, your go-to source for bite-sized lessons in launching and online marketing. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a corporate dropout turned launch strategist, helping you launch your digital products simply and successfully so you can reach more people, grow your audience, and become the go-to brand in your space. Want to swipe my signature launch framework? Download my free ebook, The Complete Roadmap for a Killer Launch at stephtaylor.co forward slash roadmap. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes released every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Hey, welcome back to Social Ed Podcast. This is episode 503. Today, I'm talking about five things you can do during a slow period in your business to set yourself up for future growth. Because when things are slow, that is the best opportunity to work on your business rather than just trying to do busy tasks that make you feel like you're being productive, but that don't have any long-term results on your business. My business didn't grow instantly overnight. It grew because I spent a lot of time setting myself up for growth when things were not very busy. And I knew that I didn't want to busy myself with client work forever. So what I did was I intentionally carved out time to do these things, both when I wasn't busy with client work and when I was busy with client work. So the very first thing that you can do during a slow period to set yourself up for future growth is to invest intentional time and energy into growing your audience. Notice how I didn't say money. I said time and energy. You can still grow your audience organically, but it doesn't come from one viral reel or one blog post. It happens with consistent effort over time and it will feel slow at the start. It's supposed to feel slow at the start. Just because it's not happening instantly doesn't mean it's not working. It takes a little while to build that momentum. Once you start to build your audience quicker and quicker and quicker, it grows faster and faster. It becomes like that snowball effect. But when you're just starting out, I find it really helps to remember you don't get a thousand followers. You get one follower 1,000 times. You don't get a thousand subscribers. You get one subscriber a thousand times. So when I talk about investing this time and energy into growing your audience, how do you actually do it? So the first step is to get really, really clear on who your ideal customer is, who the right person for your business is who the right person for each of your offers is, because it's unlikely you're going to have just one ideal customer for everything you sell in your business. Next week, I am running a five-day mini-series on this podcast, walking you through how to get crystal clear clarity on your digital product idea. And on day two, so on Tuesday's episode, we'll be talking about how to pinpoint exactly who the right person is for this product. So make sure you tune in to that episode, hit the follow button or the subscribe button to make sure that you don't miss that one when it's live. Once you know who that ideal customer is, you need to identify exactly what content to share that will help you to stand out from the clutter because there is so much content out there. You can't just build a following by sharing live, laugh, love quotes on Instagram anymore. It might have worked a couple of years ago, but now it doesn't. And the content that you share has to be remarkable content because as Seth Godin says, if you're not remarkable, you're invisible. This is the part where I think we get into our heads and we think, oh, remarkable content has to be perfect content. When in fact, actually 
no. It doesn't have to be. It can be imperfect content and it can still be content that stands out, it, that, z- that zags when everyone else is zigging. This part is much easier than you think it will be. Then we need to share it consistently, even when it feels slow. And this part can take weeks and weeks and months and months before you start to see any traction. And it can feel like, oh, this isn't working. But then one day the traction will start to build. That momentum will start to build. Once you've started sharing that content, then you want to amplify your reach by getting in front of other people's audiences. We don't want to just rely on the Instagram algorithm or the TikTok algorithm or the Facebook algorithm or whatever algorithm to show you to the people because that's they're probably not going to. It's going to be a long, slow process. Now, obviously, one way to get in front of other people's audiences is with paid ads, but that costs money. And if you don't have the budget for paid ads, then you need to get in front of other people's audiences for free. And that might look like doing podcast interviews, media interviews, guest posts, collaborations. These things are so much more powerful and they're much easier to conquer than just hoping the Instagram algorithm might one day love you. I teach this entire process from pinpointing that ideal customer through to identifying what that remarkable content will be, through to getting it in front of other people's audiences in a simple step-by-step format in my course, Boost Your Brand Superfans, which is a four-week course designed to get you growing your audience with the right people so that when you next launch your digital product, you have an audience there ready and waiting to buy from you. You can find out more about that at stephtaylor.co forward slash BYBS. The second thing you can do to set your business up for future growth is start a podcast. Now, I might be a little bit biased because I've been podcasting for four years and I absolutely love it. But I personally think that podcasting is one of the best ways to grow and nurture your audience. Now, when I say start a podcast, it can't just be a podcast for podcast's sake. It needs to be something that is strategically aligned with your business goals. One way where I see people going wrong when they start a podcast is they start it because they want to build a personal brand as an expert, but then they go and start a podcast that's completely interview-based where they are positioning their guests as the expert rather than themselves. So making sure that whatever podcast you are starting is aligned with what you are trying to achieve in your business, that is the most important thing. It can't just be, I'm going to start a podcast because this other person I follow started a podcast and I really enjoy listening to it. Now, there are a lot of podcasts out there at the moment. So you can't just look at a competitor's show and copy their format and hope that people will listen. Because if people are already listening to a podcast that is the topic they like and the style that they like, why would they stop listening to that one and come and listen to yours instead? So you need to find your own unique angle. And this is usually going to be at the intersection of your strengths and your experience and your knowledge and what your audience wants and needs from you. Your strengths, your experience, your knowledge, and what your audience wants and needs from you. For example, Socialette. My strengths is that I'm really straight to the point. My experience and knowledge is marketing and building an online business. And what my audience wants and needs from me is on, is bite-sized actionable tips. Now, back when I launched Socialette, most marketing podcasts were 45 minutes to an hour and a half. They were all interview-based. 
And the feedback that I got from my audience when I surveyed them was they hated how long it took for them to get to one takeaway, one actionable takeaway from each podcast episode. So that was like this light bulb moment for me. Aha, uh-huh. if I can create shorter, actionable episodes, then that's going to be compelling. That's going to make people want to listen. And that's how this podcast has ended up being as successful as it has been. So how to actually start a podcast? The very first step is get crystal clear on your podcast topic before you even think about getting a microphone, before you even think about the technology, where you're going to record it, what intro music you're going to have. Get crystal clear on that topic. Who is your listener? What do you podcast about? And why should somebody listen to your show instead of the millions of others out there? Okay, who is that person that you are podcasting to? What are you talking about on your podcast? And why should somebody listen to yours? Don't let the tech part freak you out. I've seen so many people come up with an awesome idea and get to the point where they now need to buy a microphone, set it up, hit record, and they stall and they sit on the podcast idea and they sit on the idea and then they don't launch it. Don't let that tech hold you back because as long as your sound quality isn't horrible, like as long as you're not recording with headphones into your phone, then you're probably going to be fine. Don't waste too much time editing. When I first launched this podcast, it would take me 30 minutes plus to edit a five minute episode. Now, you know, we don't, we leave the ums and ahs in. I stumble over my words. Great. That makes me a human. It doesn't, I don't need to be this perfect robot. So don't waste too much time on editing. And I have a free podcasting masterclass where I share some of the steps for identifying your winning podcast topic. You can watch that at stephtaylor.co forward slash podcasting. And I also walk through every single step in launching a podcast in my A to Z podcast launch plan course, which you can grab at the link in the show notes. I really wanted to create something that was step-by-step and that walked you through all of the little things that can be stumbling blocks. Everything from creating your intro, choosing a microphone, uh, promoting your episodes, all of the things that can hold you back when you're thinking about launching a podcast. The third thing you can do to set your business up for future growth is do some audience and customer research. Your audience is the key to your content topics, the key to writing your sales pages, the key to selling well in a launch, the key to creating winning products that people want. We talked about this in the last episode, episode 502 with Kirsty Fanton on how to do effective customer research and how to turn that research into effective sales copy. So go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. I personally love surveying my audience. It's how I get great episode ideas for this podcast. It's how I make sure that I don't run out of content topics. And it also shows me where I need to spend more time educating my audience before my next launch so that they're ready to buy from me next time I open doors. Customer research also is great because it reveals your blind spots. Often we don't know what we don't know. We make so many assumptions about the people we're talking to, the people who are listening to our podcasts, the people that we want to buy our courses, the people that are reading our posts on Instagram. We make these assumptions about them. And because we don't know what we don't know, sometimes we miss the mark. So by sending out customer research surveys, by reaching out to people one-on-one, 
we can figure out what these blind spots are and we can fix the holes in our assumptions. So how to do this audience and customer research. If you have an email list, create a survey and email them. Ask them some questions in the survey about their pain points and their frustrations, as well as what the dream outcome might look like for them. If they could wave a magic wand and solve whatever problem it is that they have, what would that outcome look like? Now, I know what you're probably thinking, oh, but nobody's going to complete a survey that I send them. Okay, two ways that you can ensure people complete the survey. Firstly, what I love to do is I say that for each person who completes the survey, I'll donate $5 on behalf of them to whichever charity I feel like supporting at that point in time. That's a really great incentive. And the other way that I increase completion rates of these surveys is I keep them pretty short, no more than about five or six questions most of the time. If you have a social media audience but no email list, you can create a survey or you can run a poll depending on which social media platform you're on, or you can ask them to comment, or you can create an Instagram stories question sticker. There's a lot of different ways that you can create that two-way interaction to gather that feedback. If you have a super, super small audience, consider reaching out to people individually, DMing them, sending them an email, however you feel natural talking to them and asking them a few questions. I find jumping on a Zoom call with past students so, so helpful. It really helps me to identify what is holding people back from signing up for my courses. It helps me to identify what kind of free content I can give them as well. The fourth thing that you can do to set yourself up for future growth is get clarity on your perfect digital product idea. Now, you don't need a 100 ideas. You just need one idea. Okay, you don't need a hundred, you just need one. And it doesn't need to be a magic idea that nobody has done before. If we look at my podcast launch plan, for example, that is by no means the first course about starting a podcast. But because it's structured differently to all of the other podcasting courses, that has been a winner for me. It's been, it has a unique selling point in that it's not long theory based videos. It's literally a step by step plan to launch a podcast. Usually the best digital product ideas solve a problem or they deliver a transformation and they solve this problem or they deliver this transformation for a very specific ideal customer. Next week on the podcast, I'm sharing a five-day series breaking down exactly how to uncover your winning digital product idea. So make sure you hit follow or subscribe to subscribe to the show and that will just make sure that you don't miss out on those episodes. It'll mean that they land straight in your podcast app when they are released. Now, be open to the ideas that you have for your digital product evolving. They will evolve over time as you get more insight from your audience. For example, one day I might record video versions, video lessons for the podcast launch plan. If people want that, then great. I will evolve it over time. It doesn't have to be set in stone. And I think that's a wonderful thing because it removes so much pressure. It means we can start taking action earlier rather than waiting to have this perfect idea that is never going to feel 100% perfect. The fifth thing you can do to set yourself up for future growth is start creating your digital product. You don't have to finish creating it before you launch it. I've talked about that so many times on this podcast. I talked about it in a recent episode, how I launched my signature 12-week course before I'd even recorded a single video. 
you can do that. But I also know that from my own customer research, most of you feel afraid to launch it before you've created it. You want to finish creating your course or your membership or your program before you launch it into the wild. If your business feels quiet and slow at the moment, look at this as a really great time to work on creating that course or that membership or that program or that ebook or those templates. They are an income producing asset. They might not generate income immediately, but doing this work is setting yourself up for future growth. Where tend to go wrong with is that we can be a little bit too short-sighted with our businesses, focusing on how can I make money right now rather than how can I set my business up to make more money in the future. And the difference is short-term income versus long-term growth. The businesses that I see being successful and having that really big growth are the ones that sacrifice a little bit of that short-term income because they have their eye on the longer term picture. They know what that vision is and they are willing to invest time in those things that get them that long-term growth. So to recap, the five things that you can do right now to set yourself up for future growth. Firstly, invest intentional time and energy into growing your audience. Secondly, you can start a podcast. You don't have to start a podcast, but I personally love podcasting and it has been such a game changer for my business. The third thing you can do is some audience and customer research. Number four, you can get clarity on your perfect digital product idea. And number five, you can start creating your digital product. I hope this has been a helpful episode for you. It's worthwhile keeping in mind that even if things are slow at the moment, even if the fish aren't biting, for example, uh, it's a great opportunity to set yourself up for that long-term growth. It will pass. It will, you'll be busy again before you know it. So don't stress so much about that. And instead think about what can I do today that I'm going to see the results from in three months, six months, 12 months from now. That is it for today's episode. If you have any friends who you think would benefit from this episode or from this show, please do let them know about Socialette Podcast. Hit the share button, copy the link and give that to them. If you haven't already hit subscribe or follow in your podcast app, make sure that you do that so you get each new episode released every Monday, Wednesday and Friday straight to your podcast app. And if you haven't already left me a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts, I really do appreciate it. I read every single one. So please do go ahead and do one of those. That is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time.